Welcome everybody to Martini's with Scott, episode 55, a show about winning momentum in business and life. If you enjoy the content of the Martini's with Scott channel, please uh, do me a favor, uh, subscribe. We're on uh, YouTube, um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, go and hit the subscribe button. Uh, subscribe button, it helps out a lot. So we're gonna do a little bit different this week. Um, last week, I participated as a panelist on a Gowling WLG webinar. Gowling is an international law firm in Canada. They are, I think they're the largest uh, by, by number of lawyers uh, in the country. They're certainly national. They're a leader in the marketplace. And they have a series of webinars. And last week, they did one on strategies to help businesses deal with COVID-19 financial liquidity issues. Bit of a mouthful of a title, but the webinar I thought was excellent and a really important topic and helpful to businesses. So I just want to talk about that uh, today. And um, I was a panelist on the show, as I said, and in addition to me, there were three senior partners from Gowling WLG, uh, one in Toronto, who is the, um, I believe, the national leader uh, for the financial institutions practice. Uh, so uh, they're acting for banks and for lenders and private equity funds and that sort of thing. And uh, a lawyer from Quebec and a, a senior lawyer from both senior lawyers from Quebec and uh, from Calgary uh, covering the western part of Canada. So this is a Canadian show. Predominantly the specifics in law and of the government programs are Canadian uh, my content about and, and contribution to the panel about helping businesses, I think, is international. Um, so if you're if you're going to watch this and you're not from Canada as a business owner or management team, you could probably skip through the federal government uh, and provincial government assistance programs. But the rest of the content is good for you. I think it's important. Um, and if you're a Canadian business, I think it's dead on. It's relevant. It's current. And it's well worth a listen. So in addition to me and the three partners, there was managing director from Alvarez uh, Marcel, uh, a uh, insolvency bankruptcy restructuring firm. Um, and, and I just think the content worked really well and the panel was pretty good. So the topics it covers were uh, uh, liquidity. Um, what is liquidity and what are what is the current crisis in liquidity that businesses are facing and what they can do about it? So what strategies? Uh, covers restructurings by agreement versus insolvency. It covers uh, stakeholder perspectives in a restructuring. So what is your bank thinking? What are your suppliers thinking? What sort of leverage do you have with your landlord? That sort of stuff. Um, what are the responses of the financial institutions going to be? These are the senior lenders. Um, the government support uh, funds that are available both federally and uh, most of the provinces. Um, Financial relief through CRA, that's another government program, the Canadian uh, Revenue Agency, Canada Revenue Agency. And importantly, a lot about what I talked about was just how to plan and how to manage and, and things that you ought to be doing to get through this crisis. So I think it's a great webinar. I think it's important. Now, what I was going to do, what I was tempted to do was to, it's, it, it's on their website and it's a YouTube show. And I was going to sort of link into that and put this 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 part this video on front of it, uh, but I don't want to take their content, and I, I don't want to I don't want to cause any problems with them. They're good friends of mine, these gallant people. So all I'm going to do is I'm going to put the link in the description to this video. So I'm going to give you a direct link. Just click on it. You'll end up at the their YouTube video with me on that, and go watch it. It's about an hour long, um, and as I said, there's some excellent real time practical 
discussion to help you through this crisis. Uh, and the, the content is from more than just me, although I'm on there as well. Now, if you can't invest the time, if you don't have the hour to spend, cheers, by the way, let me quickly summarize my main points <clears throat> about how you plan your way through the liquidity crisis. And it really breaks down into three bullet points. One is you need to take a position. And what do I mean by that is you need to pick a date, a specific date that you believe that we are going back to work and what that looks like. And my advice to you is what that looks like is, is, is not going to be from zero to 100. It's not a light switch. Uh, we're not going to be not working one day and be back to full speed in the economy the next day. There's going to be a gradual uh, uptick and, a, and a, uh, a gradual resurgence of the economy and people going back to work. So, But you need to have a specific time in mind uh, and a specific buildup in mind. Otherwise, you can't plan. Okay, So for me, for example, when I started self-isolating, which we are still doing here, or, uh, I'm in the basement of my... Uh, country home in the mountains here at the moment, uh, my unrenovated uh, basement. Uh, the <laughs> I'm just laughing as I'm watching this video because I see that there's a, a tool from Roofers World sitting in the back there that I should have moved. Uh, on the other hand, go to roofersworld.com and buy yourself a Red Ripper and remove some shingles. Back on track. Uh, you need a, you need to pick a time. So double the so what I did was in mid March. I said, okay, how long are we going to be self isolated? And I said, well. It would be crazy if this went on for six weeks. Okay, so in mid-March, I thought, end of April, surely to God, this whole issue is going to be over. My experience in turnarounds, I've told you this before on this channel, is just whatever you think is going to be in timing, double it because it always takes longer. So I took my six weeks, I double it to 12. That's three months. Where does that take me? To mid-June, uh, you know, dragging into late June. That was my time frame. Okay, it doesn't matter if I'm right or wrong. You need to pick a date. It doesn't matter if you're right or wrong. You need a date to start planning. You can change that date tomorrow and adjust your plan accordingly. But if you say, I have no idea, you know, it could be two weeks, could be uh, three months from now, it could be six months from now, you can't plan. So that was my time frame. Uh, and I think I'm looking pretty good. I like it still. I haven't adjusted it. I think mid-June, more or less, we're going to start opening up the stores again. Um, and we're going to go back to work slowly. And we're going to build up from there. Am I right or wrong? I have no idea. It doesn't matter. What matters is I took a position. We're going to go back to business uh, and it's going to ramp up slowly. And I picked a date. Okay. Those are the two things. So second thing, that was point number one. Point number two is I need to set priorities because I'm in a crisis. When you can't have everything you want, when you can't have everything you need, you have to prioritize because if you don't have priorities, you can't make decisions. So here are my priorities during this crisis. I have three because I have always have three for everything I deal with. Uh, number one, employee, physical health, and mental well-being. Okay, that's number one. I don't want my employees getting sick because of the work environment, and I don't want them to be stressed and have, uh, uh, have you know, I care about their mental well-being. That's number one. Number two is I want to make sure my employees uh, have some cash flow. It doesn't have to be for me. Could, from could be from government programs, but they have to be able to buy their groceries and pay their rent, okay? That's my second priority. And obviously they're related. The mental well-being of number one um, is helped a lot by the fact that they're able to pay their rent, uh, which is my second priority. And then my third priority, which people seem to be shocked by, is I wanna use this crisis to leapfrog 
my competitors because 100% for certain, these competitors, your competitors are frozen. They're frozen with uncertainty, they're frozen with fear, and you can use this opportunity to move forward. Now, <clears throat> you'll notice in my three priorities, I didn't mention cash flow, I did not mention liquidity, which was the whole point of the webinar, of the webinar was liquidity. Well, liquidity is not a, is not a priority, it's a necessity. I have, to have, uh, I have to have liquidity, I have to have cash flow to operate my business and to achieve my priorities that I have set for myself. So what I do is I use my priorities to make liquidity decisions. Should I pay the supplier? Let's go to my priorities. Should I lay off this employee? Let's go to my priorities and so forth, okay? So you have to have priorities. You have to have, you have to take a position in terms of date and what's gonna happen. You have to set priorities. And then number three is you need to go through a, a three-pronged, so it's a 3A, 3B, 3C, a three-pronged analysis on, on the three items, which are operations, cash flow, and credit. Operations, cash flow, credit. Operation is, do I stay open? Okay, it's really that simple. If I'm losing money every day, I used to be at 80% uh, uh, revenue, now I'm at 40% revenue. We have a business right now that you know sells to some of the big box uh, hardware stores, and uh, we're running about 40% of budget right now. Do I stay open? Go to my priorities make that decision. Number two is uh, uh, cash flow, or I should say B, so it doesn't get confusing. So A is, is operation, B is cash flow. The worst thing you could do for your business in this crisis is to run out of money halfway through. There may be no coming back from that. You cannot run out of money halfway through this. So if you think your time frame is three months from now, six months from now, or whatever it is, leave yourself room to not run out of money. Um, and you do that by restructuring, by not paying people, by dealing with the third part, which is credit. And if you're going to run out of money, just shut your, shut down your business right now. Go back to operations. Shut it down. Save your cash. Build a war chest. Don't run out of money halfway through. Build a war chest because at the end of this, you're going to need cash to either pay people back, right? Because if you didn't pay your suppliers, if you if you didn't pay your principal payments with your bank, you have to pay them back. So you need that war chest or you needed to pay the professionals to restructure your business in a formal or informal uh, bankruptcy proceeding um, or restructuring process. Uh, so you need some cash to do that. Otherwise, it's not going to work. And then, and then part C to this was credit, which means managing all your stakeholders, right? So am I going to pay my suppliers? What rights do I have with them? And so again, if I can reiterate, number one was take a position, uh, pick a date, think about uh, take a, t pick a date and have a view as to what's going to happen um, at that time. How are we going to come back? Uh, set your priorities for making decisions. I told you what my three are. And number three is review your operations, cash flow, and credit. Don't run out of money halfway through. That's your primary goal. You know, at the end of the day, you need to think about coming out the other side of this and not running out of money halfway through building a war chest of cash and not losing momentum in your business. Don't let the fires of this crisis take over the momentum that you had before. You can double down on your business. I provided some content on this before. I will continue to do it. This is a great opportunity for you if you treat it that way. All right, a uh, few programming notes. Uh, you know, uh, if you're a longtime listener or even a current listener, 
I've been messing around with different, this is episode 55, so we're relatively new at this, and I've been messing around with different uh, formats by myself, interviewing other people, having a conversation with other people, um, one show a week, three shows a week, uh, taking some time off, just like uh, an hour long, an hour and a half long, 15 minutes long, uh, quick shots we were doing. Um, so many of you will notice that I, or many of you have noticed, uh, particularly my mother, uh, because you reached out to tell me that, hey, you didn't do a show last week, which is true. We did not do a show last week. And there was a reason for that, which is that I have just got off of 16 hours of a of a branding session for Martinis with Scott um, and worked on what our content is going to look like, how we push this platform forward to be of more value uh, to you. And so this is an ongoing process. I'm signed up for another 16 hours, I think, uh, or some long period of time. Uh, so last week I did the 16 hours of that branding session, plus I did this uh, webinar that I'm introducing to you now, uh, which was just released today. Uh, no, it was released Tuesday, by the way. <clears throat> but um, anyways, I had a lot of content last week. You just didn't get to see any of it. And But one of the conclusions from this is we're going to go back and we're going to focus for the time being on a conversational show um, with uh, with an expert or just somebody I find interesting. We're going to have a conversation and we're going to continue to deliver the same type of content, meaning uh, strategies to help you with winning, winning momentum in business and life. Uh, but we're going to do it once a week. We're not going to do multiple times a week and we're going to release them uh, non-live. They're going to be pre-produced uh, or pre-shot, but they're going to, we're going to release them Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern as best we can. Um, and most of it in this environment, of course, will be done on Zoom. So we're not going to be in a room together, but obviously that will change um, as we go forward. So that's what the new looks going to be starting right now. And um, okay, that's it on the format. Now, the last thing I want to do in this, this new generation of Martinis with Scott is um, in addition to those conversations, I'm going to try and engage a little bit with uh, some of our followers and the questions that they throw at me during the week because I'm getting more and more uh, responses to content, uh, new questions that have nothing to do with the content. And so I'm going to pick a few of those and and, and just try to answer them uh, live or not live, but on this show for everybody, as opposed to a response uh, in the description or a private email or what have you. So uh, this week, I just wanted to touch quickly on these on uh, CanTrust. I promise never to do a CanTrust show again in case something crazy or interesting happened. That hasn't happened, but I think I've had a, from the last show and the, the bankruptcy, uh, the CCAA filing, which is a form of bankruptcy protection in Canada, similar to a Chapter 11 in the U.S. Um, I've had, uh, you know, many, 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 uh, specifically 87% uh, positive comments on that. But I've had a couple of people push back and a couple of people who are positive, but, you know, disappointed, which I definitely understand. I mean, the most of you that are interested in that part of the show are retail investors and you've spent some money on this thing and you are victims of of uh, a fraud, maybe an unproven fraud, maybe an alleged fraud, but in my personal view, this is clearly a fraud, again, in my personal view, and you're the victim of that. So that, that deserves a lot of empathy and I certainly I certainly have that. So what's new on CanTrust? Why am I raising the issue? What if some people ask me or talked about? Okay, so CanTrust received, uh, in a sense, a partial license. I think it was this week sometime, maybe it was late last week. Um, Similar to, so they're allowed to plant some mothering plants is the bottom line. 
Um, and so it's similar to a, a limited cultivation license. In Canada, they have a cultivation license and then a sales license and a processing license. Uh, those are your primary categories. This is a, this license specifically lets, as I understand it, uh, from what I read in the press release, assuming that's accurate, lets some plants, some mothering plants. It's not a sales license, but it is clearly the beginning of Health Canada engaging with Canada Trust, uh, sorry, with Canada Trust, <laughs> with CanTrust, uh, is clearly, in my view, uh, the beginning of the remediation of the regulatory licensing process, which is terrific. But what does that mean to you? As a shareholder, what does that mean to you? I know that if you're, I talked to a, a bunch of uh, followers on the channel here, and they said, well, you know, we're retail investors, we've spent some money on this, and we're in it for the pop when they get the license. You know, the stock's gonna go from, you know, a dollar or $2 or whatever it was at the time. Maybe it'll jump up to whatever number, $3 or $4 based on the license. It doesn't really matter if there's a business there or not. And, and you know, I never was really, I, I'm not a trader. I'm not trying to give you investment advice. God bless you, go make some money. That's my view of the situation. I really, truly wish you well. But my view was, and what I try to focus on is value and there is no business there. I don't care if there's a license or not. The industry has changed since CanTrust is shut down. There's an oversupply, there's an underdemand driven by the regulatory side, but there's an underdemand because there's no distribution and no one cares about CanTrust product. That's my view of the situation. So even if you had a license, which they don't, because this is a limited cultivation license only focused on the mothering plants, um, even if they had a license, who's going to buy their product? I just don't see it. Um, so what does this do for the stock? Nothing. There's a cease trade order um, uh, by the OSC, Ontario Securities Commission, which is Canada-wide, out uh, this week. They're in bankruptcy protection to restructure hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars of uh, claims that all rank ahead of you as shareholders. Um, this license is not something to hang your head on. It's not hopeful in my view. Okay, someone was arguing with me strongly and calling me names that the company's not in bankruptcy protection. You know, this is just a stupid argument based on definitional terms, you know, is, is CCAA a bankruptcy protection? It is. You have an admission of insolvency uh, in your affidavit, right? You go to court and say, hey, I'm insolvent. I can't pay my creditors. I need your help. That's bankruptcy protection. And what are they protecting themselves from? Yeah, all the contingent uh, and regulatory uh, claims. That could be the class action lawsuits, the uh, securities claims, um, whatever comes out of Health Canada for fines. They're protecting themselves against all of that. As I said before, it's both financial and it's strategic. Why is it strategic? Because right now they have to fight all of these lawsuits and all of these claims in multiple jurisdictions uh, all over North America, possibly the world, I don't know. Uh, but they're in multiple different courtrooms with multiple different lawyers. They can't afford to do that even with their $100 million plus war chest. So what do you do? You file CCAA, it consolidates all or the bulk or all of those actions uh, in front of one judge with one set of lawyers and you make it a manageable process. That's the entire point. This is bankruptcy protection. And what it does is it creates a hierarchy, a pecking order, as I've said before, of who 
you know, what stakeholder gets claims to the assets first. And if you're the, if you're a shareholder in this thing, if you're a retail shareholder, you are last. Okay. You're not getting uh, any bump out of this in my view whatsoever. Don't take investment advice from, from me. I'm talking about how insolvency works, how trouble companies work. And I'm talking about valuation where I am an expert in those three matters. Here's what's going to happen in my view is I continue to believe this company will emerge from uh, CCAA, will emerge from bankruptcy protection. It will have a clean balance sheet. It will have restructured all of those claims. It will have a partial license or it may have gotten to a real license at that point. It will have, so those are the good things. It will have no real business because no one cares about their product. Uh, it will have little cash because it will blow through it all and it will have very little or no shareholder value, okay? So if you're holding on to the stock in hopes of a bump, I mean, what are you gonna do? You can't sell it because of the cease trade now, so you may as well hold it, but that's my view of the situation. Okay, I was can't trust. Somebody asked me about Aurora this week, uh, which I called, well, feels like four months ago now, called it a troubled company when that wasn't popular. They announced a bunch of measures this week to preserve liquidity, and because they fell below a dollar, they're gonna get kicked off the New York Stock Exchange. One of the things that I was asked about was the reverse split. So they announced effective May 11 that they were going to do a one for 12 uh, reverse split of their stock, which is a consolidation. So um, for every 12 shares that exist right now, they're going to they're going to turn that into one share. So if you used to own 12, now you own one. Okay. And the idea there is if you were trading at one dollar before, and I didn't look to see what we're trading at before that, but see in that range. But if you're if you were one dollar uh, before, theoretically, when you consolidate the shares, you ought to be a $12 stock, right? Okay, will that work to get the shares above a dollar? Well, yeah, it will, obviously, because it was valued at, say, $1 now. And again, I didn't look at the share price. I should have done that, but, you know, below a dollar. And then, you know, you do a you do a one for 12 reverse split, you're going to get to a dollar. You're going to get to $12, sorry. But are you going to stay at $12? No. Here's what I want you to understand. So the answer to the question was, will this work? Uh, yeah. It will, that's just math. But what's gonna happen is, you know, your $12 is gonna start sagging to 10, to nine. And the rule of thumb is you do these sorts of reverse splits, you're gonna lose 20, 30% of your shareholder value, of your market cap right away. I don't have any empirical evidence to show you that. That's just a rule of thumb um, from my days uh, working in that sort of stuff. And, um, and you're gonna see it here. And the smaller the share price before you start, the worse that discount is. Because as you saw on CanTrust, you know, that's, those shares were worth zero. I've been telling you for six months, those shares, the, the true value of them, not the market value, not the trading value, but the fair market value of those shares is zero. Yet, they rarely traded below a dollar. I think they got down to 50 cents at one time, at one point, but you know, 80, 90 cents a dollar. There's a floor there because there's a bunch of opportunistic, uh, optimistic is a better word, people that think that, you know, there's a chance this thing could pop back up, right? Uh, but if you put this thing up to $12, right, if you do this, and so you got the same thing in Aurora, and if you do the reverse split, you get the $12, well, that whole mindset of, wow, this stock is really cheap, I could get a, a you know, a three-bagger on that, it all just goes away, and this thing is going to drift down, that's my prediction, um, so let's watch it, find out. Uh, Justin, you asked me about Great Lakes Graphite, I did, in fact, uh, uh, reach out for you, I don't have any information. The company declined to uh, to talk to me at this time. Maybe they're working on something good. I don't know. Go watch the Gowlings uh, webinar. Link is in the description. I hope you enjoy it.
Talk to you next week.